Welcome to the Core Extra Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Steve. We are two boomers with two mics that accidentally and occasionally make sense. We discuss paranormal mysteries and unexplained events. And if you want to reach us to stay on top of things, what we're going to talk about, you can reach us on Twitter at Core underscore Extra, Instagram at Core Extra Media, and TikTok at Core Extra Media. We hope you enjoy this upcoming episode. Let's get right into it. Okay, Steve. So we were talking in our in our very lengthy show prep. Yes. And um, you were talking about historical ghost stories. Because a lot of the ghost stories you hear, some of them go way back, but some of them are attached to history or historical events. So what do you have for our listeners today? Well, as you know, I'm a history major. Mm-hmm. And I love to find things out about history and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I want to, I'm going to go visit this place either this year or next year. So everybody's familiar with Tombstone, Arizona, right? The Earps, yeah. You know, I've actually been there. Have you? Mm-hmm. Shoot out the OK Corral, so everybody knows about it. But I don't think everybody knows about the ghosts that are involved in the Tombstone uh, episodes. So I've got a couple little little things here about some of the major players. So I just thought I'd read it to you. Please do. In its heyday, Tombstone, Arizona was known as the town too tough to die. Apparently it's ghosts like that monocle because there are so many spirits roaming the streets that Tombstone is a strong contender for the title most haunted town in America. Hmm. And then here are a few of the phantoms that call that Wild West town home. Okay. Virgil Earp. Now, if you remember who Virgil was, there is a man in a long black frock coat stands on a sidewalk in Tombstone. The people who see him assume that he's a he's a reenactor in the oh. show. And if you've been there before, you've probably seen the reenactors. Mm-hmm. Um. But what he actually is, is he starts across the street, a strange thing happens. He vanishes in mid-stride. Only then do people realize they've seen one of the many ghosts that haunt this legendary town. Hmm. It is usually assumed that the man in the black coat is the ghost of U.S. Deputy Marshal Virgil Earp, who may be reliving one of his life's darkest moments on December 28, 1881, he was shot and wounded when outlaws who sought revenge for the infamous gunfight at the O.K. Corral two months prior ambushed him. And Virgil survived the attack, but his left arm was permanently maimed. If you remember in Tombstone, the one with Kurt Russell, that's, that's the one I like. Right. Earp was played by um, Sam... Uh, you know, he's got the long beard. Yeah, I can never remember. I can't his remember name. his name. And Elliot Sam, Sam Elliot. Elliot, and he does get wounded in the sh- shootout. Shootout, right? And he leaves on a train to get out of town. Right. 
And that's who that most people see is Virgil Earp. Hmm. Also, Morgan Earp has been seen or heard. Now, Morgan's the youngest brother, played by our famous actor. Who's that? I don't remember. Um, I don't remember who played oh Morgan Earp. Bill Pullman. Oh, Bill Pullman. Oh, okay. Yes. In March 1882, another group of outlaws who were also seeking revenge for the gunfight at the OK Corral gunned down Morgan Earp, the brother of the noted lawman, obviously, Virgil and Wyatt Earp. Morgan right. was shot in the back and killed while playing pool. Some say that you can still hear his dying words whispered at the location where he was murdered. There's been many people in the bar shooting pool who will lean over to take a shot and hear somebody whisper in their ear, shoot at a different ball. Really? Yeah. And if you remember in the movie, Morgan was leaned over and was shot, ambushed in the back. Huh. Another character is Big Nose Kate. Remember Big Nose Kate? I, honestly, the, I do not. Big Nose Kate was Doc Holliday's, Holliday's girlfriend. Oh, okay. Big Nose Kate was the girlfriend of gunslinger Doc Holliday, a friend of the Earps. Her ghost is reportedly responsible for footsteps and snatches of whispered conversation that swear, I'm sorry, that swirl through the Crystal Palace Saloon. Have you been to the Crystal Palace? Yes. Crystal Palace Saloon. Lights there turn on and off by themselves and gambling wheels sometimes spin for no reason. Obviously, they don't spin as winners for us because we don't win anything. <laughs> right. Causing speculation that just as in life, Kate prefers the company of rowdy men. I think <laughs> Kate was a prostitute who oh. Doc met. More than kept, likely. Yeah, who he kept bringing around. They had yeah. a, an affair that was very, you know, everybody, fighting everybody, back and forth yeah. and everything. Hmm. Now this one here is the Swamper. Big Nose Kate Saloon was originally the Grand Hotel and a man known as Swamper used to work there as a handyman. He lived in the basement not far from the town's silver mines. So when he wasn't working, Swamper dug a tunnel to one of the mines and began supplementing his license and his income with silver nuggets. I guess he was stealing. Yeah, yeah that that's what it sounds like. The Swamper that's a did. fancy way to say he was stealing. After all the effect that he'd put into obtaining the silver, Swamper was not about to let it go easily, and not even after he died. He reportedly haunts Big Nose Kate's saloon. Perhaps he's hanging around to protect his loot, which has never been found. He's often spotted in the basement and in photos taken by visitors. Hmm. We should have read this before you went. I know. And you could have looked for all this. But that was in 1996. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm going, so I'll look for the Swamper. <laughs> right. Another place is the Bird Cage Theater. Any place where 26 people were violently killed is almost certain to be a place for such individuals to hang out. Such is the case with Tombstone's Broady Big Cage Theater. Uh, this one I've never heard I of. I have not either. One of the most frequently seen apparitions at the Big Cage, that of a man who carries a clipboard and wears striped pants and a car dealer's visor. He's been known to suddenly appear on stage, glide across it, and then walk through a wall. 
Visitors have raved to the management about how authentic looking the Wild West costumes look, <laughs> only to be told that nobody at the birdcage dresses in period clothing. Huh. One night, an employee watched on a security monitor as vaporous woman, as a vaporous woman, walked in white across the room at closing time. And although smoking and drinking are not prohibited at the birdcage, well, that's one place we're not going. <laughs> they don't allow right. smoking, drinking, or gambling. Right. The scents of cigar smoke and whiskey still linger there. Visitors also hear unexplained sounds such as a woman singing, a female sighing, glasses clinking, and card shuffling as if the ghosts were trying to finish a game that has been going on way too long. Way too long. Way too long. Wow, I never heard of that. No, one. I haven't either. So we got a couple more. Nellie's Cashman's Restaurant. Nellie Cashman is another haunted hotspot in Tombstone. Patrons of the eatery report hearing strange noises, seeing dishes suddenly crash to the floor, and the ghosts at Nellie Cashman's have no spe- no patience for skeptics. A patron who once noisily said all things supernatural found herself suddenly wearing the contents of a mustard container that inexplicably leaped off the table so when you go here don't say you don't believe right fred white that's uh we have so many uh texts coming in about our ghost stories of the many deaths in Tombstone during the days of the Wild West, one of the most tragic was that of Town Marshal Fred White. In October 1880, White was trying to arrest Curly Bill when Curly Bill's gun accidentally went off killing the lawman. Well, wow. if you've seen it in the Tombstone, it really doesn't accidentally go off. <laughs> right. No uh, while, it's rumored, while White is rumored to haunt the street near where he was killed, apparently still angry with the way his life was so abruptly taken from him. The next is the Boot Hill Graveyard. Well, you know that's got to be haunted, Boot Hill. <laughs> right. It would almost defy belief if Tombstone's legendary Boot Hill Graveyard wasn't haunted, but not the world. The final resting place of so many who were violently taken from this life is said to harbor many restless spirits. Excuse me, including that of Billy Clanton, one of the victims of the gunfight at the OK Corral. Mm -hmm. Clanton's apparition has been seen rising from his grave and walking toward town. Strange Hmm. lights and sounds also have come from the cemetery. And finally, George Buford. Violent death came in all forms in Tombstone. One of those occurred when a man named George Buford shot his lover and then himself. Hmm. His aim was better better the second time, though, because she lived, but he died. Oh, man. He said to haunt the building where he once lived, and which is now as a bed and breakfast. His spirit has been seen in and around the building. Random lights appear for no reason, and the doorbell sometimes rings on his own in the middle of the night. And ghostly George hasn't lost fondness for the ladies. Women in the house 
have felt their hair being tugged and stroked and light pressures on their backs. Hmm. Of course, when they turn around, no one is there. Huh. So this does sound like one of the most haunted towns. Well, of all of that's going on. Yeah, in Boot Hill. Yeah. But no white herb. No white herb. Wonder the why. The herbs are there. Um, I guess Wyatt left the town, mm-hmm. went to San Francisco, married his sweetheart, oh, and that's never right. returned. So yeah. I guess he doesn't... Because uh, he literally like just retired out there. I mean, yeah, he lived yeah. the whole full yeah. life. So Absolutely. Maybe, so maybe because he wasn't tragically killed, there's no no ghost. No ghost, I guess. But that is one of the historical towns that has tons of... Um, of hauntings, hauntings and all kind of paranormal stuff going on in Tombstone, which I didn't know when I was there. I didn't know that. But like I say, it was 1996. But I didn't, I didn't know that. So... If you go to Tombstone, Tombstone, mm-hmm. and I believe there's gambling in Tombstone now. I don't know. I think there is. I think they opened up all of them for. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah, gambling and stuff. So Even with all go, those ghosts running around. If you go there, make sure to keep your eyes open because you never know. It doesn't. It see. doesn't seem like it's going to be hard to find a ghost in Tombstone. No, <laughs> not at all. But that is the uh, the legend of Tombstone. The legend of Tombstone. Well, when you were talking about places, uh, coincidentally, I have one of the haunted places in the world, one of the most haunted in the world. Uh, it's not in the United States. It's in Paris, France, and it's the catacombs of Paris. Oh, yes, yes. And you've been there. I've been there. So we will talk about that next. So, Steve, let me give you a little history of the catacombs. Okay, I know. Now, we talked about this in a in an earlier podcast, maybe about a year ago, but I didn't get this deep. So this time we're going to go deeper okay. into the catacombs. Pun intended. We're going to go deeper. But let me give you a little history of the catacombs first. So what happened was in the 17th century, the cemeteries start overflowing in Paris. Okay. Okay. Because of the storms, the water, um, disease was rampant, and of course you can imagine the smells oh. in the cemetery. So, decision was made to move bodies to an existing tunnel system that was left over from mining limestone centuries earlier. So these systems already existed. So over the next 12 years, six to seven million bodies were were moved into what is now known as the catacombs under Paris. Um, now, the total area is equal to a car ride from New York to Boston. Wow. That's how big the catacombs are under Paris. So when I was there, I went into a, um, I went on a tour. And when you go on these tours, you only touch a very little bit, obviously, a right. very, very little bit of them. You didn't walk from... Yeah, I didn't walk from <laughs> New York to Boston. I tried to, but I didn't do it. Um... But as you can imagine, there's a lot of stories and a lot of incidences of creepy, supernatural, paranormal things going on in the, in the catacombs. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you can imagine. But there's two stories I want to tell you that kind of stick out. And they told us these stories when we were there. 
but I wanted to go back and, 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 and make sure I got all the information right. So one of the stories is a recent one. When I say recent, is in uh, comparably recent. It was in 2004. So a, a group of police officers were exploring a part of the Paris catacombs that was restricted from public access. And they started discovering some very strange things. They found a PA system with pre-recorded dog barking noises, a 3,000 square foot of space, excuse me, a 3,000 square foot of gallery space wired with phones using pirated electricity, several communal spaces including a bar, a living area, a workshop, a lounge, and a 20-seat cinema. Now this is in the <laughs> catacombs of Paris, underground in Paris. The cinema seats were carved into the stones. The creepiest part was the cameras mounted on the ceilings that were re recording them. A few days later, the police squad returned to perform further investigations on their findings and everything discovered from the phone lines to the cinema was gone. Really? Gone. The only thing the police found was a note that said, don't search. And that's it. Nothing else ever happened. Uh, the cops continued to go back to that place for a while, and they couldn't find anything. Um, they don't to this day. They don't know who did it. They don't know why it was done. They know the police talk to these people called cataphiles, and cataphiles are the people that go into the catacombs illegally and research it, and you know, and uh, and uh, go down there and party so forth, but they could not come up with a way that this had happened. Wow. Everything's just gone. So one of the most famous stories from the catacombs in Paris. Now, this story has been described, is it real, is it not real? But let's go through it and maybe we'll solve it here today. In the early 1990s, a group of cataphiles, and I told you what they, who they right. were, were traversing through the dark chambers of the catacombs. They happened upon an abandoned video camera lying on the ground. Much to their surprise, the camera had video footage stored on it. As a group of experts replayed the footage, they heard disturbing noises. It became apparent that the man who owned the video camera was lost in the intricate maze of tunnels and had no idea how to escape. In other words, they started watching this video tape and it was a guy running around trying to get out of the of the catacombs so they viewed the footage and you can tell as the tape goes on this guy starts going crazy because he's lost down there in the catacombs can't get out oh yeah i can imagine can't get out anxiety starts setting in um, so the footage ends with the man dropping his camera to the ground and running off never to be seen or heard from again so nobody knows if he's down there, if he came out alive. Um, his remains were not found. And it remains, like I said, remains a mystery whether he ever survived or whatever happened. When you watch the tape, and I've seen replays of it, when you watch the tape, you can't tell if somebody's chasing him or not. Or is he just running because he's lost? Can you tell a difference like, is it Blair Witch? style kind of kind of but there's some things around this case 
that make it that make it even more interesting. So the first thing I'll tell you was the first thing that people talk about when they talk about this case is how did he get into the catacombs? It's really tightly unless you get in illegally. Unless you get in illegally, it's really tightly controlled. It's not like you can just stroll into right, the catacombs. Right. You know what I, you know what I mean? It's um, and it's not like. Uh, some of these cataphiles, they sneak in and get in and get down there, but but it's hard for the average person to just stroll into the catacombs. You know, it's not it's not easy to do. It's easier to get into the end zone against some of these teams playing football than it is to get into the catacombs. Now, are there lots of entrances? Lots. Well, because it's the, look at the distance. It, yeah, it covers. So so there's lots of entrances. So you really can't guard all the entrances well look at the distance that it covers yeah so it's not that difficult because it's not like it's like a door over there that takes you to the catacombs i mean you have to as time has gone on now maybe in the old days but this was in the 90s now maybe back in the 1700s or whatever they were more open but now with modern right you right. know it's not hard because they do a lot of tours there so you know they don't just have an open door somewhere because they want you to pay to get in right, down right, there right. But here's the thing, when this, this video, there was a guy named Francis Friedland. Friedland, is a, he's a documentary filmmaker, okay, and he appeared on the, on, the, on the show called The Scariest Places on Earth, talking about this very case. But now here's the thing, Friedland says that some cataphiles gave him this tape. He watches it, sees it, and then he goes on to make documentaries or goes to appear in documentaries and talks about it. So when the question comes, is this thing real or not? It's one of the questions is, well, why didn't he take this to the police? Right. I mean, two people gave him this, according to him, a couple of people gave him to him and they see this poor guy down here, lost anxiety, lost, running around, scared, you know, probably dehydrating and everything. And you just take it and go make a movie out of it or go make a documentary or go talk about it like it's an unsolved case. Why not just take that to the police? The other thing is, he's never, Friedland has never identified the people who that's giving him the, just giving him the tape. He's, he's never said it's this guy or that guy. He just says these cataphiles gave this to me. Now, here's something else that happened. You have a particular interest in this. In 2014, Zach Baggins Oh yeah, you yeah. know who that is. Why don't you tell the people who Zach Baggins is? You, you're very acquainted with him. Yeah, he's the one. That, I don't know which show he's got, but he has the museum in Las Vegas with the uh, Dibbit box. The Dibbit box that uh, Post Malone got too close to. Exactly. And it kind of messed his career up for a little bit. Yeah. Well, Baggins interviews Freeland in 2014 and asked Freeland if he would take him to the area where all of this happened. And Freeland's response was, I will never ever go back into the catacombs. I refuse to go back. Now, I'm not saying this videotape's not real, right. but what I am saying, hundreds of people tour the catacombs every day. But he's so shaken up by it. Yeah, he's not going in. He won't go back. Now again, I'm not saying the tape's not real, but this tape, they can't authenticate it. They can't figure out who the person is. They can't figure out if he's alive or dead, like I said. But 
it is, it's, it remains what it is. And many people say that the movie, there's a movie called As Above, So Below, which I've seen, which is kind of creepy. It's about the catacombs, but they say that movie is based on this videotape. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> you know? I, I kind of, you know, I wouldn't go down there if, after seeing that movie. Right. So when we were down there, um, they told us this video camera story. But I can tell you this. I can't imagine being down there on my own. Because it's, it's well, the first thing, first thing is when we, when we got down there, it's a two-hour tour. Okay. And there's no bathroom breaks. There's nothing down there. You're in the catacombs. There's no refreshments or anything like that. There's nothing like that. It's just skull and bones. And they tell you for two hours, you're going to be walking down here. That's it. And there are places where, where granted, I'm kind of tall, but there are places where you have to bend down and, and the tunnels are real close. Now, these are all guided tours, so right, it's right. not necessarily dangerous, but it's not an easy place to get in and out of. And then also at the end of it, and they tell you all of this when you buy the ticket, at the end of it, you have to go up 110 steps to get out. And it's not like steps at the stadium that's all carved and nice. And yeah. I mean, it's not dangerous like they're going to fall apart, but but it's not an easy place to, to navigate. So I can't imagine being down there by myself. No. But now maybe if you grew up in Paris, maybe this is just a thing. Like we used to go to the railroad yards, you know, right. maybe when you're a teenager in Paris, oh, we go down there and party, you know. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean... I'm not, but I, yeah, I understand what you're yeah, you, saying. You know what I mean? And there, now there were other stories from the catacombs that were, that were just as creepy. They say that while you're down there, if you see a small person dressed in green running around in the catacombs, that means that your number's up and you're going to soon pass away. Now, luckily, I didn't see anybody like no. that, but... But that's one of the things they told us. And another thing, another story was there was a grand party that, um, I'm sorry, there was a big barrel of skulls, like a big round barrel of skulls. And I've posted pictures of it before, but uh, really big and round, like five or six feet around and maybe five feet high. And it sits out in the middle of a room. It just sits out in the middle of this open space in the catacombs. The reason they put that barrel there is because people were having too many parties down there. And they would have these dance parties down in the, in the catacombs. In the catacombs. So they, they took some of the skulls that lined the walls and they made this barrel so it wouldn't be easy. It wouldn't be easy to have a party and bring in a band and just have a gay old oh. time in the catacombs because people go down there and do that. But I encourage anybody who goes to Paris, it's well worth it to take the tour and go down in the catacombs. And maybe you can, un maybe you can solve the case of the uh, uncovered video camera because, that, like I say, that case still hasn't been solved to this day. And this happened back in the 90s. I, I don't think I'm, I'm going down there. No, probably not. Probably not. But most of this information I got, I got it from various websites, but mainly Wikipedia and just notes that I've taken when I was in the catacombs. 
because uh, I was the traveling nerd. I was down there with a video, I mean, a, a notepad writing down stuff. But we just wanted to give you guys, uh, well, we gave you a couple places today. Yeah. Uh, one in the United States, Tombstone, and then uh, one in Paris, France, the Catacombs of Paris. All right, well, that's good. Good. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, we're going to get out of here and plan on our show for next week, which is going to be even creepier. Wait till you see what I talk yeah. about next week. <laughs> well, I'm Kurt. I'm Steve. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. You just listened to the latest episode of the Core Extra Podcast hosted by Kurt and Steve. And so you don't miss the next episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate it. And while you're at it, leave us a rating and review. We love to hear the feedback from our listeners. And if you know anyone that would be interested in our content, recommend us. Family, friends, coworkers, everybody is welcome. Thanks again for listening to the Core Extra Podcast. Thank you.